Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Viral, a podcast series following the spread of COVID-19 as it continues to affect Ireland and the international world in a growing capacity. I'm Ian Doyle. As COVID-19 puts a stop to trade and industry around the globe, the economic impact of the virus could be felt for years to come. On Wall Street this morning, stock fell so quickly when the markets opened. Trading was suspended for 15 minutes. All three of the major indexes lost around 7% in the first five minutes, driven by fear over the coronavirus and a huge drop overnight in the price of crude oil. Late last week, Leo Varadkar spoke about the intimate consequences that the coronavirus will certainly have on the economy of Ireland and the wider world. On today's show, we want to look a little bit closer to home and see how a selection of Irish businesses and workers are faring in the early days of the global pandemic. As part of the piece, we wanted to look at a really wide array of businesses, SMEs and freelance workers to try and cipher how the country at large is gearing up for turbulent months ahead. Many are also now facing a new professional environment for the weeks to come, so we will also look at how remote working will play a major role in us continuing to function as an economy, but also as a society. I'm speaking to Cole Campbell, who is the MD of Bewley's here on Grafton Street. Looking around, I'm not sure if I've been here on a Friday afternoon, maybe since I was in my early years, but would you consider this a particularly busy lunchtime rush? Definitely not. Uh, like to the extent that it looks busy, um, we've moved all the tables to be uh, more than a meter apart, um, in keeping with social distancing. Uh, we have, um, like, normally there's there, there, we we would ask people to share booths if they come in on their own or as a, as a couple, uh, and, and we're not asking people to share. No, like the, the the cafe takes 500 people, mm. so we've no shortage of seats yep. even at that. Um, and it, I would say for the people who are here, it's a it's a lovely experience. It's very comfortable. Um, we're trading, I would say, at about half of what we would in a normal um, normal Friday. Certainly, the measures that were announced by the government have, have had an impact on people. We had a call um, with uh, Heather Humphreys uh, this morning, and it, the health advice is not don't go to cafes. Yep. Um, and. Um, one of the one of the people um, at the meeting was was uh, represented super value and and they were saying well you know like on the, the gathering of more than a hundred people like there was definitely more than a hundred people in the, the supermarket yeah. yesterday and um, what's the position but the health advice is that you know it, it is really about you know creating that distance and it certainly doesn't seem to be beyond the, the, the bounds of possibility that there will be a measure that says don't go into cafes and shops but 
right now that's the extent that we're down it's simply because people are trying to take in all of the developments Unforeseen is a word that has been used repeatedly of late. But I was interested to ask Cole, what, if anything, can be done to prepare for the unknown? You can prepare to a certain extent. Yep. You, you can't prepare all of your customers. And, and, um, and that's, that's really the lifeblood of Bewley's, you know. And we've been resilient in the past yep. and we, we've sustained ourselves in that. And one of the great things about it is that you find great goodwill um, toward the cafe and, and people want it to, to succeed. In terms of then preparing for the worst, we've put people on notice. We've, like, we've been talking about it for a long time, but now we've put people formally on notice that they, they may be on short term and there may in fact be, be layoffs. And as someone who's seen major turbulence in your own industry spanning over you know, decades nearly at this stage, for an SME out there that are going to find this period particularly tough what bits of advice could you offer them? Is there any particular way that they can safeguard themselves right now? The most important thing in the absence of anything you know, health-wise that we can do is to communicate, um, to communicate with your landlord, communicate with your bank, communicate with the, the tax authorities. People do want you to succeed. You know, like a landlord might seem a daunting uh, challenge, but just talk to them about the, about the thing because principally uh, is the business level drops away and potentially drops away for a protracted period, the problem is going to be cash flow. Elaine Sullivan is the owner of Avery Lane, a hair salon in Dublin city centre. In her line of work, social distancing doesn't exist, but she's brought in various measures to create a safer working environment for her staff and clientele. It's been really funny over the last couple of days because the immediate thing when you've built up a rapport with somebody or you've been going to them for a long time is like trying to go in for a hug at the start of most mm. appointments um, or definitely a handshake. So even kind of getting your head around that one is, is a bit like you go and do it and you go, oh, no, 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 we're not allowed. Again, we are very hands-on and we, we are aware that we have to be careful as employers that our staff are safe but I do think that there's a few bits of common sense that can apply so we've gotten disposable gowns so the thing that's put on you before you get your hair cut we've got disposable ones of them you know if people are sneezing and coughing into their elbow and that's getting passed on to the next client then that's automatically cross-contamination there we use disposable towels anyway but also like you get a cup of tea when you go into a salon mm. um, and we've decided that we're going to use single-use cups um, so that things don't have to get to wash. So everything is basically disposed of when you leave. Again, anything that can be passed on that's shared in any way from client to client. Everything else is, is disinfected, like your blades, your 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 combs, your everything, your brushes is always disinfected anyway. But there are a few things that are shared. But I, I don't think we can get away from the fact that we still have to function. You know, everybody's getting very excited for a snow day and you can feel that kind of it's the last day of school feeling. But, you know, that only lasts for a couple of days and... You know, when it comes to payday, it'll be a different feeling. Elaine understands the huge difficulties facing her and other SMEs in the coming weeks as economic uncertainty looms large over every Irish industry. This is the bit where everybody has to be accountable. There is nobody to blame here. You are you are a standalone citizen and you do what you can and we have to be respectful of that and we all have to be accountable. So, yeah, it's it's not great as a business, but this is not a inspirational quote book and a post on Instagram. This is actually whereby you need to calm your staff down, you need to calm the, 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 the general public down mm. and we all need to carry on. Like it is a World War II kind of situation. Our economy cannot go under because of this. We have to come out fighting. And I know they all seem very strong words, but it's not okay for me to close my door. It's just not. Like, you know, banks are saying there's funding there for businesses. I don't owe anybody any money as far as I have to pay my rent at the end of every month mm. and my landlord's not going to turn around to me and go, I should you know what, it's grand. 
the cost of business is so high that I know a lot of small businesses in Dublin too that are just holding on by a shoestring. Mm. And this is going to be the nail in the coffin because it will be a saving face exercise where it's like, oh, Corona took us out. And anybody that's just about to give up will go, do you know what, here you go. I'm giving it back. There isn't, there isn't going to be funding for us. Nobody's going to turn around and go, should we look after the hairdressers or the beauty people? And it's not seen as something that's very important. There's nobody in the labour courts looking after us as an industry. So you are on your own. I will be here till the bitter end. But I don't know what they're going to do if they tell us we have to close. I can't, I can't do two weeks close. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. So I will be here. If I have to send my staff home, I will be here. And if we, if we, if we become an apocalyptic hairdresser, that's what we will become. Unless you have one more plug then in that case. If, <laughs> <laughs> if people are looking for that service come uh, a couple of weeks from now. Yeah, no, I will be open. Um, Elaine Sullivan in Avery Lane will be open for hair all the way through this. Um, and we'll mind you as best we can. Angela Dorgan is the CEO of First Music Connect the lead national music organisation for resourcing freelance or self-employed musicians in Ireland. In a conservative estimation, Angela predicts that musicians alone are set to lose one quarter of a million euro as the industry begins to feel the effect of the 100-person capacity limits being put on indoor spaces. With the music sector and the art sector in general, the next 10 weeks, are probably our time to make hay when the sun shines. So if you look at your own activities and and your listeners' activities over the next 10 to 16 weeks, they're buying tickets to festivals. Mm. They're, you know, so all of those freelance bookers, agents, labels, managers, all those who make their living from artists making a living will now be hit in waves and waves because of this. Then you take into account all the freelance engineers, promoted designers, that's about another quarter of a million. And then if you look at other art forms, just per week, there's about 1.3 million in, in takings. And that money is for mortgages, it's for rent, it's for kids, it's for childcare, it's for... So the art sector, no, no more like everybody else, is going to be really badly hit with this. Unfortunately, there aren't the same mechanisms in place for the arts as there are for other small industries. And is there any recommended implementations you think should be made by the government to not just only help the arts community here in Ireland, but also those who are just working in a freelance capacity? So what we're doing now for government as NCFA and as First Music Contact is we're working out, uh, we're part of a European network of exporters. And so what we were doing together is working out updates for every country. So touring musicians will know where not to, to go. But what we're doing for government to help when all of this is over and over it will be um, it, then we have stats and, and measurements on a weekly basis. We'll be sending out um, a survey to the sector to uh, self-assess how much income they're losing on a week-by-week basis so that we have a very real number for government to respond to when all of this is over. This report so far has highlighted a lot of business or workers who are fearing the economic consequences of the coronavirus. But for some industries, the impact of the virus is having the opposite effect. Una O'Hagan is the owner of Mara's Pharmacy Group and the biggest challenge she currently faces is managing the stock levels and supply of medicine or materials that people are buying in a bid to best protect themselves. Most stock, um, prescription, all prescription medicines really, well, the majority of it, 80% comes through a wholesale distribution channel. So we're told that there's no problem with supply uh, in there. We're told that the manufacturers are able to supply into distributors. The problem here is 
people are bulk buying um, mm. and stockpiling really, and that's putting immense pressure on the distribution channel. So we just need people to stop stockpiling. Um, there is enough drugs to go around, is what we're being told. And I, I firmly believe, in, particularly in prescription medicines, there is enough drugs to go around if we can just all slow down and we're, we're not going to be closed. We're going to be open. Um, so we're going to be accessible. We can get the medicines. It mm. may take a day or two longer to get the medicines, but the supply chain is there as long as people don't stockpile and therefore leave shortages for other people. Una does have some concerns for her and her staff's welfare at this moment in time. I suppose it is just a very, very high pressure um, and a lot of people very concerned and upset. We obviously then have people coming in who may be displaying some symptoms um, of COVID-19. That's putting huge pressure on our healthcare staff because we need to remain healthy and fit and well to be here for the long haul. That's very concerning if people are coming in displaying symptoms um, and putting our team at risk. And also when they're coming in, they're putting vulnerable patients who may have underlying conditions or be elderly also at risk within the premises. It goes without saying at this stage that the COVID-19 outbreak has disrupted every facet of Irish social and working life. As I write this episode, I'm sitting in the Baron office of the radio group that I work for usually busy with the background noise of sales teams, production staff, content writers and all of the other moving parts that go into making a radio station work. Like a lot of offices around the country, on Thursday evening a decision was made that anyone who can work remotely should do so. Traditionally, presenting a radio show or news bulletin was only really possible in a studio environment. But with whole office closures looking like more of a possibility, contingency plans have had to be created. In this instance, these essentially aim to take the radio station environment and put it right into presenters' kitchens, bedrooms and dining rooms all around the country. Scott Williams, the Group Content Director of Wireless, talks about how they are making this happen. There's two ways effectively of doing it, and there's broadcasting live, and then there's broadcasting with a slight delay, and I guess we're doing that here. Um, So broadcasting live is where there will be a dedicated line fitted, then there's a remote studio set up, um, microphones, mixer, PC, all that sort of stuff available to the broadcaster and that is then just fed back down that dedicated high bandwidth line uh, for rebroadcast out. The second way is where that isn't possible for example um, we may not have a good enough broadband signal in a particular place. We have presenters are able to pre-prepare what they do um, the the voice aspects of it uh, and interviews or whatever. Package those and uh, effectively email them in to, to base but of course if there's nobody at all in base Base will be working remotely as well. So it revolves around uh, a lot of emailing and a huge reliance on data lines and broadband. Radio stations are an unusual example of an industry who are preparing for the possible eventualities of working from home, but for some it's part of everyday life. Philip Nolan has been working remotely from his house in County Wexford for over 14 years as a writer for the Irish Daily Mail. Over the past number of days, he's been very generous in helping people make that transition who might not be entirely used to working from home. You can certainly make it more enjoyable, but I would suggest before you make it enjoyable, you actually make it routine. And by that, I mean that whatever you did when you went into an office, it's no harm to continue to do that. Because there is a huge temptation when you wake up that, you know, let's say you want to be at your desk at home uh, by 8.30. So you set your alarm for quarter to eight and the 
alarm goes off and you hit the snooze button and you hit the snooze button and you hit the snooze button and suddenly mm. it is 8.30 and you have to be at your desk at 8.30. And what happens then immediately is that you've probably postponed the shower that actually invigorates you and wakes you up and you've probably also postponed even making a slice of toast. So I think it's important to allow a good 45 minutes before you intend to start working to do the things you always did and that would mean, to obviously, to have your shower, make yourself a decent breakfast. And one thing I do recommend, and people have laughed at me for this, but like, if you don't wear a beard full time, if you used to shave to go into the office, if you shave regularly to go into the office, shave. You know, keep your routine up. Make it feel to yourself like you actually are going into work rather than just walking across the hall or walking downstairs or upstairs or wherever you would work in the house. For Philip, another hugely important part of working in isolation is still having communication with those around you. It's very easy to think that because of social media nowadays that you're actually in touch with people. But it's astonishing how much the sound of a human voice can be comforting at times. Um, So I would definitely say to people, you know, ring somebody every day, ring a family member, ring a friend. If you have co-workers, ring them because you're all going to be in the same boat and it's a new experience for all of you. So each of you might be able to bring something to the table that the other has learned. Uh, So, you know, I, I would say keep in touch with people. Uh, on the phone would be very important. Similar to others that we've heard from in this series that live with underlying health conditions, Philip has to be extra vigilant in the coming weeks and months to try and completely reduce his contact with the public. I'm diabetic and unfortunately that's one of the underlying conditions that makes this illness a little more difficult to survive. Well, a lot more difficult compared to the averages actually. Um, So as a consequence of that, I actually, again, I've, I've kind of, I haven't been, you know, panic buying, but I've been stocking up over the past two weeks and I reckon I probably have enough food to keep me going for about a month if that was necessary. And my plan really is not to come in contact with anybody. I literally, I'm not going to self-isolate, but I'm certainly going to aggressively social distance yeah, myself. I'll still have to go to the shop for like milk and things like that. But by and large, I'm trying to cut down on, on how much time I spend out of the house and my interactions with other people. Thank you for listening to our fifth episode of Viral COVID-19. I hope you enjoyed our report as to how this developing situation is impacting real Irish people firsthand. I would like to thank all of the contributors that took part on today's podcast. I'm Ian Doyle. I will talk to you on Wednesday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.